Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Something Cinematic, the movie and television podcast, where we talk about what we've recently been watching. Uh, my name is George Lopez, and I'm here, as always, with Mike Hoops Gonzalez. How you doing? <laughs> All right, so we haven't recorded in a long time, um, but we, and this is a little bit later, considering, you know, we're going to do a top five movies of 2015 list. Uh, this is obviously a little bit past 2015. You'll probably be hearing this beginning of March <laughs> since it's already uh, February, what, 2020th. So, I mean, hopefully I'll be able to release this before March, before the Oscars. Um, but we definitely wanted to get something out there uh, and like we do every year. I think we were talking briefly about it. This might be like or maybe our third or fourth one yeah. that we've done. So yeah, so before we get started, though, I just want to let you guys know that you can find more of our episodes on somecinema.com. That's right. It's been a while since I said that, so I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> uh, somecinema.com. So check out some of our previous episodes and, uh, you know, check out the website. We list all the movies that we talk about there. So if there's anything that you've, you know, thought about checking out and you want to hear our thoughts about it, you can definitely find it on our website. Yeah, website's still there, still <laughs> up and running. I yeah. post there weekly. Do you? Uh, well, not about movies. It's mostly a Trump supporter website. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. But no, so definitely check that out. And um, if you guys want to actually send us any emails, or you could, uh, you can also send us an email at podcast at somecinema.com, right? Yep. Everything's coming back, back to me now. <laughs> um, like an old glove. <laughs> right. So like I mentioned, it's been a long time, but hopefully, you know, uh, I live on the north side and Mike just moved to the north side as well. Mm -hmm. So we're a little bit closer to each other now. You know, it was really hard because we live like 45 minutes away from each other. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, you know, now that we're a lot closer, we'll be able to record these more often. Yeah. So and, and I really I would really like to do that, too, because there were so many great movies this past year. And um, so that's why I'm, I'm really excited about finding out what your top five are of 2015 because we haven't shared our list yet. Um, but so this will be really interesting. But yeah, so just in general, before we actually get into our list, uh, Mike, what do you think about, you know, the year in, in movies in general? Uh, it was a good one. You know, I've seen a lot of like year end lists and like I know we shared a video on our Facebook page uh, that showed uh, a top 30 or top 25 list. Oh, and, right. Yeah. Uh, it's really done. And it really makes you think about what a good year it's been for movies. Yeah. The weird <laughs> thing for me, though, this year is that I have uh, I saw way more mainstream films, I guess, <laughs> than I usually do. I usually yeah. see a lot more kind of under the radar, independent mm -hmm. films, yeah. uh, limited release films. This year was a lot of just the big movies for me. Yeah. A lot more than usual. I, I tend to like skip those, not just because, not because I think they're bad or anything. I just mm -hmm. tend to seek out the other movies and I don't have time to see that many movies. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I noticed that as I was forming my list towards the end of the year, just how, yeah. how, you know, major studio, big tentpole release yeah. centric it was. Definitely. I was actually thinking about that too. And, and yeah, I didn't watch the, as many foreign films and, you know, uh, like I've done in the past. And really, I haven't really heard much discussion about, you know, good foreign movies. Like, have you heard much? Usually there's always like a couple of them that end up getting nominated for an Oscar for Best Foreign Film that are just, uh, that people yeah. have a lot of good things to say about. But I don't know if that's just my lack right. of awareness. Yeah. In yeah. general, so <laughs> I've usually heard of like three of them and there's like a Swedish film they throw in there that I've right. never heard of. But. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, there's nothing really that yeah, comes, yeah, that serious. comes to mind anything any like foreign films that right basically what i'm saying is i've never been less qualified to do what we're doing right now <laughs> no no but but it was a really good uh good year for movies um and a, a trend that's definitely been happening in the last few years 
uh, is like a lot of these a lot of these great movies get you know get hit theaters later in the year mm-hmm. for Oscar season um, and you know just because they want people to have those experiences watching the movie really fresh in her mind so they can have you know have a higher expectation in you know for receiving awards for for their movies but I think in the last couple of years we're halfway through the year and we're always like oh, you know it's a really shitty year so far like there's like two movies that I really enjoyed so far uh-huh. but then you know the late, later on by the end of the year like wow it actually ended up being a pretty good year I feel like we've had the discussion a couple of times before when we've made our list yeah. but now it's like becoming very evident that it's because of Oscar season yeah um but, but I will say we had some really extraordinary movies. Yeah, there were some the early, definitely. There were some really good movies at the beginning of the year too. So uh, obviously there are some that came out recently that that are also that are going to be in my list. And um, but actually before we get into into our list, I just want to say too that you know we have to find uh, a cutoff for these movies and when you know like when the consideration for it begins mm-hmm. because. Like we mentioned, there's Oscar season and so many movies are getting released late December or, you know, around that late part of the year mm-hmm. uh, just so they can be considered for for us, for the Oscars, right? right? They'll have like a limited release exactly. in, in so, December right. and it won't actually go wide until January. Exactly. So so there are movies like that that I think, I think we kind of decided to cut that off like when it's released with a minimum you know like when it has a minimum release Mm -hmm. that we're not going to consider it until the date where where it's officially released you know uh, nationwide i guess Mm -hmm. so so that's when we start considering a movie uh, a candidate for that year so you know that's huge this year because the revenant came Mm -hmm. out in limited release in December, yeah. and it got a wider release once the, after the New Year. A really limited release <laughs> right. in December, like clearly just a token. Yeah. Release. So, and the movie was amazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk, probably talk about it more uh, later in a later episode. But if you wonder why that's not on any uh, of our list, it's because we kind of you know cut it off based on the the release, you know, like that limited release before the, the 2015 ended. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, so the Revenant would probably be on my list, but it's not is not going to make it, and it, we're considering it a 2016 movie. But all right, so I guess we could just jump right into it now. And what we're going to do, like we usually do, we'll start with uh, our number fives and snake our way down to number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike, you want to kick it off? You want to start off with your number five? Uh, sure. So my number five is uh, the movie Spotlight by mm-hmm. Thomas McCarthy. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm a sucker for journalist movies, mm-hmm. just movies about newspaper people doing news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, especially, you know, I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic in the church. And, you know, this is, this was a huge story. This movie, uh, it, for those who aren't aware, Spotlight is about the Boston, uh, Boston Globe or Boston... Boston Globe? Maybe? I believe it's Boston Globe. I yeah, I, I forgot. But it, it's uh, about the team of people, the Spotlight division at the newspaper, mm-hmm. which would invest year or would invest months into uh into investigating a single story so they can really blow it open Mm -hmm. and uh this movie is about their investigation of the the child molestation scandal child abuse scandal in the catholic church yeah in boston specifically yeah and just how it kind of unfolded the idea that it was like that was no one believed it oh yeah you know there's a bad priest here or there and how they kind of kept digging and kept Mm -hmm. digging and really, it wasn't even that much of a secret, just that no one really listened to people who were talking. Mm-hmm. And they, they, as you see in the movie, do great journalism to actually kind of 
figure out what is happening, how widespread the problem is, and then report on it. It's a huge... And, and, and Thomas McCarthy, who we're both a big fan of, yeah. he did uh, Win Win and The Station Agent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his directing is so subtle and understated, except for like one scene, maybe. Uh-huh. It, it's really understated, really subtle, and really well done. I'm, I'm, I believe he might be nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, really? Oh. So it's... Uh, I know the film is, is nominated for an Academy Award. Right. So. Actually, I don't think he's nominated for you don't the think best so? director. Yeah. Sure. E- either way, I think like his direction is, is fantastic and perfectly suited for this type of movie, mm-hmm. uh, specifically given the subject matter is journalism, that it's kind of... Almost his directing almost seems impartial. Like he's he's kind of removed from it. And yeah, is, he's not trying to uh, exaggerate things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was a really great movie. Yeah, I, I that's a movie that I didn't get to watch. You know, uh-huh. and I forgot to mention. I was actually going to mention a few movies I didn't get to watch just <laughs> in case. You know, you people might be wondering why that you know wasn't even considered because I didn't watch Spotlight. Uh, another movie that I did not watch was Creed. Um, uh, let's see what yeah. else. People, people wonder why, why isn't like, uh, the Maze Runner Scorch Trials in your top five? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I missed that one. <laughs> no, no, but like some movies that were really high, highly regarded this year and that were, uh, favorites, you know, by critics and just, you know, the, the moviegoers in general, uh, was, was Creed, um, Spotlight. And um, I think Bone Tomahawk was another. It was a smaller oh, yeah, movie. I really wanted to see But yeah, one. I didn't get to check that so out. So weird about Bone Tomahawk. Just yeah. like no one seemed to hear. It, it all seemed to be like an underground thing. Like yeah. people online saying, have you seen Bone Tomahawk? You got to see Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. I never saw any kind of ad or Me not neither. even on, on, on yeah. the internet. or Did not see it either. I mean, it was just word of mouth. I didn't hear anything right. about but it was movie. Wasn't it like an Amazon movie though? Like it didn't. Was it really? I have no I idea. Don't, I don't think it was. It was like a stream movie. Like oh. I don't think it got released in theaters. I, or it had a very small release. Video on demand. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. So that's probably that's one of the reasons why. I also didn't get to see uh, Selma um, and uh, Carol got a lot of good reviews. I uh, didn't get to check that out. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Street Out of Compton. I guess those are just some of the most notable movies out there that that I just didn't get to watch this year. Mm-hmm. So that's you know. There's, that's the reason why they might not. Yeah, I have nothing list. to say. I saw every so. movie. Oh, you saw? Yeah, right. Get out of here. Okay. All right. So, so that takes me to my number five. And uh, my number five is actually a documentary called The Wolf Pack. So uh, The Wolf Pack, a little bit about it, I guess. So it's about these kids that were locked away from society in an apartment on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. This is according to IMDb. And they're, they are the Angulo Brothers. And... They, not to give too much away, but pretty much what happened is that they have a dad who is very paranoid and, and so he shuts off their kids from the outside world so he doesn't let them ever go outside. So these brothers spend their childhood uh, reenacting their favorite films using elaborate homemade props and costumes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so it's pretty much just about how they grew up in a very sheltered environment in this very tiny apartment. And I believe, I mean, there's like, I think there, there are like six boys and one girl, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, it was just a pretty incredible movie. And, uh, it was, a, it was directed by Crystal Moselle. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name, but she hasn't had done a lot of things, but she did direct Frida, most notably, uh, starring Sama Hayek back in 2002. Oh, um, but I just really dug it and, you know, I just start to really feel for the kids and, and their mom. Uh, like I said, their dad is just kind of a jackass. Um, and he does eventually, 
participate in a documentary. Initially, he didn't want anything to do with it, and he's really hidden. Um, but he eventually starts to come out and 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 allows himself to get interviewed and things like that. But uh, I just think it's a really interesting movie, and it takes a turn for sure that you know I, I won't get into. But but uh, I just found it very, very to be very captivating, and you know the quality of the picture is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they do use a lot of like home videos and, and the footage from their home videos. Um, but overall, I just found like the people in the story was the most captivating thing. So I didn't really worry too much about the quality of the film itself. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just a really good movie. So Yeah, I've heard a lot about that. Uh, I've, I haven't had a chance to see it. I know it's on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Right, so anybody can see it. I have no excuse, yep. really. I just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten around to it. Cool. All right, well, that was my number five. And that takes me uh, to... Uh, takes us to my number four, which is one of those big movies that we were talking about, and that's Inside Out. So Inside Out, you got everybody knows about it. It's a big Pixar movie. It has a huge cast, most notably uh, my homegirl, Amy Poehler, um, Bill Hader, Mindy Kaling, Louis Black, a whole bunch of other... My homegirl, Mindy Kaling. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to uh, the Mindy Project. Yeah. So this is a movie that was directed by Pete Docter, who's done... You know, he, he works on a lot of these Pixar movies, including Up, Wally, and Monsters Inc. And also Ronnie Del Carmen, who also worked on Up, Ratatouille, and Finding Nemo. Um, I think the thing I took away from this movie, aside from just it looking beautiful, like all these Pixar movies do, mm-hmm. is just how emotional it was. You know, mm-hmm. like I just did not expect it to be. Uh, that impactful emotionally for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were definitely a, cu- a couple of occasions where, as you like to say, Mike, it got a little dusty in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, the animation was just very, you know, very beautiful, like all Pixar movies. And uh, it, it was just a really fun movie, but also it had a lot of heart in it. You know? mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I really yeah, it didn't it. make my list. Uh, yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like good Pixar. There's like really good Pixar movies, and then there are movies that are kind of like the Cars series. For yeah, instance, right. And the Good Dinosaur. From everything I've heard, I haven't uh-huh. had a chance to see it. Yeah, uh, wasn't blown away by it. Really? I wasn't. I I wasn't just blo- as blown away by it as everyone else seemed to be. I yeah, mean, certainly uh, the 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 voices of other people I respect echo your comments. Right. About how great it was, but yeah. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. tired when I saw it. So oh, really? Oh no. Yeah. See, I watched this yeah, in the middle of the day, so. Yeah, yeah. You can't watch a movie when you're super tired, man. You I know. Lose. Everything everything <laughs> affects your experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But anyways, my number four was Inside Out. So that takes us to your number four, Mike. My number four. My number four was a, uh, I guess I don't know if I should call it an independent film. I guess it's a smaller film. One of the mm-hmm. smaller films on my list. And that would be Ex Machina. Over the next few days, you're going to be the human component in the Turing test. One day the AIs are going to look back on us the same way we look at fossils. Hello. How do you feel about her? Oh, man, she's amazing. You're impressed? (laughs) Yes. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Now the question is, how does she feel about you? Do you think about me when we are together? Did you give her sexuality as a diversion tactic? This is your insecurity talking. This is not your intellect. Did you know that I was brought here to test you? (laughs) Does Ava actually like you? Or is she pretending to like you? Nathan, isn't your friend? You're wrong. Wrong about what? Everything. 
you want to be with me. Can we talk about the lies you've been spinning me? What lies? What lies? You have to help me. You have to help me. What will happen to me if I fail your test? That is the Alex Garland film starring Donald Gleason, Oscar Isaac. Love this that is guy. the year of Oscar yeah, Isaac. Yeah. And Alicia Vikander as this incredible AI yeah. robot android, I suppose. Right. Uh, the, the film's about Oscar Isaac is a you know, essentially like the head of Google, but it's super genius and mm-hmm. he creates an artificial intelligence. And uh, the movie is an exploration of what it means to be artificial intelligence, or what what it would mean if an artificial intelligence was created, a true AI, and and mm-hmm. what what are the ethics behind that? And it really it really like kind of explores that idea in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really fascinating, yeah. and the special effects in that movie are incredible yeah. for for what is a, a relatively small to mid budget film, right? Yeah. Incredible acting. I mean, Oscar Isaac is extraordinary in that movie. Yeah. And Donald Gleason has been, he's also had a huge year. Yeah, like, huge. Acting yeah. across from everybody who's nominated for an Oscar this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was such a great movie. I really, yeah. really loved it. And this was the, uh, I believe, the directorial debut of Alex Garland, mm-hmm. who was the writer of Sunshine, which is, I know is a movie we're both huge fans yep. of. He Very wrote, underrated movie. Yeah, yeah. He wrote 28 Days Later. He wrote he wrote a game called Enslaved Journey to the West, which is one of my favorite video games mm-hmm. of all time. Like everything this guy touches I is like made for yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah, I really, really love this movie. Yeah. I loved it too. It it, it uh, just didn't crack my top five, but it was definitely in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh it was I would probably say, let's see, because I did make a top ten list, I usually do. And uh, it was actually number my number six. So we ah. just missed crack in a top five for sure yeah, i make a top five and then i have five number sixes oh really yeah yeah so like i love sci-fi movies too so i was totally into this one um, like mm-hmm. like you mentioned great performances and it really relies on those performances because it's such a small cast you know right i mean it's so, literally four people yeah there actually might be a fifth person the guy who flies a helicopter right yeah <laughs> yeah Within, like a minute of the movie or yeah. 30 seconds total right yeah but no it was it was phenomenal and, and like you mentioned considering the budget that they have for this movie mm-hmm. which Obviously, most of it just went to uh, yeah, making one that, effect, <laughs> right? To making the AI look as you yeah, know as clear and, and real as possible. There. So that, it was it was an awesome movie for sure. All right, and so that was your number four. So what would be your number three? My number three movie is uh, a movie we're both really familiar with: mm-hmm. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yes. Uh, All right. What can I say about this movie? That everybody's seen this movie probably multiple times. Yeah. It was actually, it's my number three as well. It's your number so three as well? It's my number three, uh, so. Two two it's, <laughs> yeah. in that movie, looking back on it, after having watched it three or four times in the theater, yeah. uh, it, it, it's not like, the, it's not like, I wouldn't say that the quality of the film is like, it's an ex- extraordinary film. It's just mm-hmm. so fun. It's like J.J. Abrams, it's something that he's so good at, like the yep. same thing he did with Star Wars. Yeah. Where it's just Star a Trek? joy, Star Trek, you're right. Yeah. It's just something like sitting in a theater watching that movie yeah. is an extremely fun experience. From scene to scene, the movie, I always forget how quickly, I mean, I always forget. I've seen the movie like three or four times yeah. in the theater. Yeah. And every time I see it in the theater, I'm like, oh, I forget how quickly you get from one scene to the next. It's yeah. always moving you along. Mm-hmm. You never stick in one area long enough to get tired of it. You're right. always you're always given something new and exciting and fun. And obviously, as I mentioned in the last movie, uh, Oscar Isaac 
is great in this movie. The cast is great. They yes. they cast Daisy Ridley, who yeah. no one had heard of before this. Right. I think she did like one short film mm-hmm. before this, and just got cast out of nowhere. And she's fantastic. Yeah, she's like great. she's so perfect to be the face of this franchise, essentially going forward, at least for the next two films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boyega was John Boyega. John Boyega mm-hmm. from Attack the Block. A movie yeah, I know we both love. Awesome movie. He's great in it. Kind of a silly character, but yeah. like it works. He he perfectly captured the silliness of Star Wars mm-hmm. without making it stupid. Right. Which is something that uh, who, the original director, his name is slipping my mind right George now. George Lucas. George Lucas. That George Lucas seemed to lose touch with after the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. When he made when he made the prequel trilogy, it was the, he he said he, get, he made a character like Jar Jar Binks and did lots of things where it was just really stupid. And he said. Yeah. It's for kids, you know? The, the original movie was for kids, too, and you just don't remember because you were a kid when you saw it. Yeah. So it imprinted on you. Mm-hmm. And no, this, like, puts the lie to that. This is, no, you did just fuck up. You did... Right. You missed the point of this. And mm-hmm. it, you can have silly characters, and you can have, you know, silly moments, and still have a great movie yeah. by respecting the intelligence of your audience. Yeah. I thought this movie was fantastic. It was like a perfect, perfect relaunching of the franchise. Definitely. I totally agree. Um, you know, and it's funny because, well, you, like you mentioned, J.J. Abrams did a phenomenal job with it. And uh, when it comes to like the enjoyment of his movies, mm-hmm. I was really starting to worry about the directions they were heading into. Because <laughs> he, he started out very promising for me personally. Like I immediately just... He, gravitated to his his stuff you know and you know he it just started to really drop in quality and so for me this is this is a movie that he was born to make you know like it's perfect he was a huge star wars fan growing up Mm -hmm. and he's always been compared to steven spielberg in a way and i think oh yeah i think in no small part due to his own effort yeah and and so you can tell like a lot of the influences that Steven Spielberg has has had on Abrams comes through in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but like like you mentioned, I really, I also really enjoy this movie. And uh, yeah, so like the only thing is that there are a few too many similarities to the original story. Mm-hmm. But you know, with, with the diverse new cast, it it really didn't matter because I you know Abrams was able to bring so much more life into this than the original movies mm-hmm. i believe cuz it ha- it definitely has more uh it's just well balanced you know like you said with the humor the drama and 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 making sure that they're doing uh what they can to build these characters and get you attached to them mm-hmm. and that's something that uh you know upon like when we when i rewatched the originals yeah mm-hmm. they were great but i i feel like some of that heart was missing in it too mm-hmm. and so with the new diverse you know, with these new diverse characters too, having a female protagonist being the lead, and then John Boyega, you know, and Oscar Isaac, a Hispanic guy too, like so cool. That's so mm-hmm. cool to me. Like I, I'm really glad to see that there are big movies and big franchises. Uh, big franchises are finally starting to do stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so and there was a criticism of this movie when it when it came out right. that it was uh, when they were casting everybody right when they were casting it there yeah. was like they had not announced I think any female car- any yeah. female cast members and and that was something that people they took like a huge hit on yeah and to see how kind of culturally progressive this film is yeah in, in its diversity I also think that's an interesting point with regards to how it is so much like the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. 
that I mean, that is that is a negative hit on it that you know all of the beats already essentially yeah. because it just repeats the beats of the first three films. But in a way, that's kind of like the perfect way to relaunch the trilogy that right. you're uh, relaunch the series and that you're you're kind of wrapping up you're 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 remaking the entire trilogy into mm. one film to kind of relaunch yeah. the entire thing only you're repositioning it with as you said an incredibly diverse cast a cast that now a much wider more modern audience can see themselves in yeah i thought it was fantastic and bb8 yeah. is like a total oh, so perfect cool. oh. follow-up to like the classic r2d2 they hit the jackpot with that because especially when it comes down to merchandise and everything mm-hmm. like that are you kidding me how many kids want a bb8 you know like right and they did really you know they released some little small prototypes and things right. like my that my uncle had to drive out of state to buy one of those <laughs> really? for that's my what cousin. i'm saying it's insane right. <laughs> my little cousin yeah so every they did everything right you know for sure to make a lot of money obviously they're making a lot of money from this movie oh yeah um and yeah oh, was, we're gonna get star wars movies for the rest yeah, of our lives it's so amazing like every year now we're gonna get a new star wars movie i love it it's it so is right cool. now and yeah like being in this time right now where that is a really good thing yeah. like five years from now oh, we're gonna gosh. be sick of it but yeah exactly like right now it's so great that we're getting another movie next year yeah. and that they just started filming the sequel to episode 7 they're filming right. episode 8 right oh, now I can't with wait. Ryan Johnson I know Ryan Johnson people. yeah so that's going to be really interesting uh, for something to look forward to for sure um, so yeah that was also my number 3 like I mentioned so that takes us to my number 2 and my number 2 is another smaller movie and it's Room one evening when the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning Down the tracks came a hobo hiking And he said, boys, I'm not turning I'm headed for a land that's far away <laughs> Beside the crystal fountain I guess they still can't hear us. Do you remember how Alice wasn't always in Wonderland? She fell down, down, down deep in a hole. Right, well, I wasn't always in room. <gasps> I'm like Alice. Now we've got a chance. I'm scared. I know. Truck. Truck. Wiggle out. Wiggle out. Jump. Jump. Run. Run. Yeah, I knew you would be surprised about this one because it has gotten some mixed reviews. I think one of the things that people are really taking away from it are the performances. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, the, it was a movie that it was a small movie. It was directed by Lenny Abrahamson and it stars Brie Larson and, and Jacob Trambley. And like we mentioned, it was a really small movie. It got a very, very limited release. And uh, yeah, not the, as an Oscar thing, just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, and you know, it's actually the most emotionally impacting movie that I watched this year. And Inside Out, like I said, it was a very emotional movie, but this one in particular just really pulls on the heartstrings. Yeah, they are often mentioned yeah. in concert. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that no. totally. <laughs> Uh, God damn it, I'm so gullible. But no, but like, yeah, it just was, it, obviously, it's a completely different type of movie than Inside Out. But yeah, the, the story, I won't get too much, you know, too into it. I feel like it's something that you need to watch with, uh, with you know, like, without knowing too much about the plot. Because I think a lot of it is being, a lot of the uh, enjoyment from the movie 
comes from trying to figure out what exactly is going on. And like I said, it's really pretty much relies on these two characters' performances, Brie Larson and and this five-year-old kid who gives an amazing performance, you know? And everyone's talking about Brie Larson and how she is almost a shoo-in to win Best Actress at the Oscars. But this little, this kid, this five-year-old kid just gave such a tremendous performance. And the movie heavily relies on his character and his performance. Um, Because there are times when, in a way, it's kind of his perspective for the most part, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so that's huge. And, and they lucked out, you know, with the casting and, and, and just the performance that they were able to get out of this kid. So like I mentioned, it's just a very emotional movie about the relationship between these two and the situation that they're in. Uh, it was one of the, one of those movies that is probably going to stay with me for a while. So mm. yeah. I know you haven't watched it yet. But. I haven't watched it. That's one of those movies that I keep putting off. There are mm-hmm. those movies that are like your medicine. You know it's going to be good. Yeah. But it's going to be like an experience. It's going to be yeah. heavy. And, yeah. Uh, and like might I told ruin you. the rest of your day. But you're gonna you're <laughs> really going to appreciate having seen it. Right. And and we were talking about it briefly earlier today. And, and just, uh, you know, like I mentioned when I watched this, I watched it in a very small uh, theater at Logan Theater. And there were surprisingly, it was, this was in the middle of the day too. So it was a matinee that I caught in on a weekday, but there were surprisingly quite a few people in, in the auditorium. I feel like and, it's a Logan theater thing. thing. Yeah. Every time I go there yeah. in weird times, there's way too many people. There. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a really nice theater. It's really, but, but I swear there was not a single dry eye in, in that auditorium. Like, there's no way somebody made it throughout the entire movie without shedding at least, a, you know, one tear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just a very impactful movie emotionally. So I strongly encourage people to check that out before it leaves theaters. So, all right, that was my number two, and that takes us to your number two. To my number two, which is the Dennis Villeneuve film sicario oh wow uh, holy cow you that movie too. absolutely blew me away yeah. uh i was shocked at how beautiful it was and how tense it is it's yeah. so incredibly beautifully shot and i should give for context if uh if you're not familiar with the film uh sicario is a film about a u.s fbi agent who yeah. is brought into a special task force to uh carry out operations in mexico on the mexico side of the border uh, regarding in relation to the drug war. Yeah. And it is incredible. It is incredibly tense. Dennis Villeneuve, the director of uh, Prisoners, the Hugh Jackman movie, Incendies, mm. uh, he really kind of tense dramas is his specialty. Yeah. Uh, this is, I think, his best film. It's incredible. Mm. It's, I can't speak highly enough about it. Emily Blunt is, you know, like, Another role in which he's a badass after Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's really such a, like, I, I, Benicio del Toro kind of returning to form. Yeah. Like, that guy's been kind of not great recently. He's been kind of like a, doing a lot of like stunt casting type roles. If you think of things like, uh, his, his roles in the, uh, uh, Marvel series. I was gonna say Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Yeah. I think he was in the, the, a tag for one of the other films, but like those kind of, you know, he hasn't really blown me away at anything recently. Yeah. And in this movie, he's extraordinary. He's awesome. He's great. He's like such a badass. And yeah. I know like they're, I, I, I'm afraid to like just keep talking about how badass this movie is because, you know, it, it should be about more than that. And this, it really is. This movie's really tense and really well directed and well acted and mm-hmm. just, as I said, beautifully shot. 
but there's so many just like badass moments in this movie and, yeah. and and actually images you know that you see in the drug war that are really messed up and they like they'll leave a mark on you mm-hmm. it's like it's an incredible film and it shows kind of the drug war it it is kind of fantastical it's not something like it's like a harsh look at the drug war it's going to show you something you've never seen before mm-hmm. uh it, it is like an it's an action movie in some degrees and it's yeah. you know a, a tense drama but so so it is a bit of a popcorn film i guess in that regard but it is extraordinary yeah. i can't highly i can't recommend this highly enough yeah yeah well, i i josh really Brolin, dug it too fantastic I was in that say, movie. josh brolin was great too but yeah you're right emily blunt and benicio del toro were by far the best performances in that movie um and yeah i totally dug it too it was actually uh my number 10 i believe in my top 10 i think yeah so i was a little surprised that it's your number two but i don't is, i mean yeah. you make a really you make a really strong case for it as i was putting sure. my list together that was a movie that just stuck with me it stuck yeah. with me so much after i saw that movie i just wanted to return to it the star wars is the movie i returned to more than any this year right uh <laughs> but that's the movie that left i think the greatest impact on me it just yeah. Yeah. After after having seen it once, I just like I almost I, I I'm saving it to watch it again. Cool. Yeah, definitely number two, and uh, I believe. Well, I don't think it's on Netflix, though, right? No, no. So it's probably just online somewhere you can purchase it on Hulu or something like that. Yeah, I think you can <clears throat> purchase it. The Blu-ray is yeah. out. I saw a Blu-ray that yeah. was on or sale recently. A, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Get the if you if you have a Blu-ray player and you're someone who gets physical media. I'd get the Blu-ray because that movie oh, yeah. is, is really, really yeah. beautiful. The cinematography is really good in that too, right. for sure. Um, so yeah, that was your number two, and that takes us. We're already at number one. Holy yeah, God. that takes That's us it. to my number yeah. one. And I'm gonna like go on a limb. We haven't compared lists. Okay, it might be our number. I think one, it thinking. has to be. We have to have the same one. I just thought about it too. Right. right. Yeah. So what is your number one? The Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm referring, of course, to Mad Max: Fury yes. Road. Yeah, my number one too, man. This film. Blew me away. Amazing. Uh, you saw it before me. I saw it for the first time with you. Yeah. In like an empty theater, pretty much. And which is not a great environment to see a movie, yeah. especially a movie like this. Uh-huh. And uh, this movie had been hyped beyond all belief by the mm-hmm. time I actually got around to seeing it. But I went with you in this empty theater, and the like opening scene, I have a huge smile on my face. <laughs> And I, my face literally started to hurt from smiling. <laughs> After, I did not lose that smile throughout the entire film. Yeah. Every scene, they managed to up the ante. Oh, Every so scene, good. like, they outdo themselves. Yeah. Showing you something more spectacular. Yeah. Every scene, you see something that you've never seen before in yeah. film. Like, this is... It's a weird word to throw out, like a game changer, man. Yeah. Like, this is unbelievable. Yep. I've never seen a film like this. Amazing. Yeah, so it's definitely my number one as well. It was directed by George Miller, uh, who also directed the original Mad Max and the second one, The, War- the Road Warrior. Um, but it's really weird because he doesn't really direct that many movies and... But like he's kind of all over the place when it comes down to the movies that he's directed because mm-hmm. he's also directed Happy Feet one and two and <laughs> Babe Pig in the City. So and and you know like I said he's he's worked on he worked on the original Mad Max and the World Warrior and he also did the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. So this is a work of just like brilliance man like i love every part of this movie obviously tom hardy plays mad max and he's great in it but Charlize theron stole the show man Mm -hmm. like her performance and was just so incredible and is one of the 
she like her character is probably one of the coolest, most badass characters I've ever seen on a big screen. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably the thing that I took away the most from this movie. Aside from obviously the incredible set pieces, the incredible action in the movie, and a lot of it is practical effects, mm-hmm. which is so cool. And you can tell, right? It just adds so much more to a movie when they're able to do something like that. But what makes it even more of a incredible accomplishment is just all the crazy action that does take place in this movie and how often right. it takes place. The fact that a lot of that was practical just says like, Oh my, it's just such an incredible thing that they accomplished. Yeah, you know? there's this extraordinary effects reel. Yeah. I know you, I, you've probably seen them online. People do them for movies where they'll show like the, the matte painting in the backgrounds and other things, that effects added to films, yeah. like making of a scene type things. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about that one was like you, they show a video of a semi truck flying through the air, flipping with flames coming out of it. <laughs> and then the effect would be they added mountains in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's so cool. And yeah. George Miller's like famously demanding in, in regards to like his, uh, he wants everything to work. Yeah. So like the giant, that there's a, you know, a character in the film, the Doof Warrior, which it became like a sensation after the film is the guy who's playing guitar. It's kind of like the, the, the trumpeter yeah. for this marching army. Yeah, is so cool. uh, on this giant vehicle built of speakers, yeah. and he's swinging from it, playing a guitar that shoots flames, and all of that is real. That vehicle, act, those speakers work. You plug in that flame throwing guitar into those yeah. speakers to produce sound. Yeah. And that guy was a, I believe, a circus Olay performer. Who, oh, really? Yeah. Who, <laughs> so they got like trained with that while they were doing pre production. That's awesome. So he could like not kill himself yeah. with this like insanely dangerous setup. Yeah. But everything on that film is like practical and it works. It's yeah. incredible. And you know, obviously, just like what the movie is about. It and, and you know, like a lot of these characters are very just crazy and off the wall. Like so much off the wall shit that happens. Mm. Um, but you really buy into it. You know, mm. like you can easily be kind of turned off by it. Like you see the guy, like the first time you see the guy with the speaker standing in front of the speakers. Yeah. You know, like just playing the guitar. You're like, what the fuck? You know. <laughs> but then it's like it's okay like you're just like oh that's kind of weird but then it's like i get it though like this whole thing is <laughs> you don't have time to crazy. think about it because they're showing you some new right exactly because it's like before. it's non-stop man like uh-huh. everything is just yeah it, it it's almost the same thing like we mentioned about star wars how you're you know they keep you entertained by changing you know you're not you're not in one place for too long you know the, the scenes don't last forever or certain shots whatever it's just like you're constantly being shown different things like mm-hmm. and an and, emphasis on being shown this yeah. is one of the films even more than star wars or any of this and that's why it's number one on my list mm-hmm. is because this film exemplifies the idea of show don't tell more than any film i've seen in yeah. m- like years the idea of people sometimes uh, talk about this film and said that it didn't have much plot or much story mm-hmm. and that's bullshit it's mm-hmm. total bullshit yeah. this film the story is told through action mm-hmm. the character development is done through action it's an action film in the purest sense and it, everything you learn about the characters you watch the film and you know so much about these characters and mm-hmm. so much about their history and you're never told these things. Right. You're told by a, a tiny moment or the way one character interacts with another. Yeah. You immediately know that character's backstory. Yeah. The way uh, the way Furiosa and and Max interact 
when he misses a, uh, that, that gunshot, he takes a yeah. sniper rifle and misses it, and he immediately like he knows she's better yeah. than him, and and you know she's an expert, and you know all these things just from little moments throughout the film that you don't ever have to be told anything. Mm-hmm. You pick it up just by watching the action. Definitely, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, this is like a masterpiece mm-hmm. in the truest sense from a guy who's you know. A guy who, like, literally could have gone to high school with Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an older gentleman, huh? He's 70 but years 70 old, and he made old. this incredible yeah. masterpiece. It's so good. I I mean, you have to watch this movie if you haven't. Like, I've been, I actually have been hoping that it would go back to theaters just, like, one last time, you know? Because uh-huh. I promise you, like, I watched it probably four times in theaters, too, because... Mm-hmm. Because it's just so beautiful. It's such a humongous, tremendous cinematic experience. You know? mm-hmm. So it, it, I really hope that it does somehow come back in the theaters. Right. It's on cable now. It's on yeah. HBO and mm-hmm. they've been running it. And it's still great, yeah. but it's not... It's not the experience you had in a theater, even right. as I said, in that like empty theater yeah. with like ten people. <laughs> yeah. Like I want, I'm hoping it comes back to IMAX at some point, and it oh. feels like it will. Like yeah. I, maybe like this year or something, they'll bring it back. Oh my god! So, like a yeah. screening at IMAX, where if you're just gonna do like a weekend or something, would be awesome because then everybody would you'd get packed screenings. Yeah, I want to see an environment like that because this is a scene. This is like a movie you want to see in mm-hmm. the biggest screen possible yeah. with the best audience possible. Definitely. So obviously. We we think highly of this movie, so right. it you know makes sense that it was our number one, and it's in a lot of people's number ones. I, I feel like because it's just that great of a movie, so should be everybody's <clears throat> number one. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. So that's our top five. Uh, that's surprising that a t- couple of them actually landed in the same spot for us too. You know, mm-hmm. Star Wars and and uh, our number one movie, Mad Max, were you know the same one, but you know it was a little bit different. I had Room, a small movie that you haven't seen yet, and then you right. also had. Uh, I had Mega Blockbuster Sicario. Mega Blockbuster Sicario. Now that wasn't a big <laughs> movie either, right? I don't think it was like a huge movie. It didn't get. I don't think it was promoted very well. I was yeah. having a conversation with someone else about this. Yeah. Just, like every everybody who saw the interviews were like, eh, I'm not that interesting. Yeah. So aside from Mark, it is the, like Dave Chen, the host of Slash Film, said yeah. about all of Dennis Villeneuve's movies is mm-hmm. you could take the title of the movie and uh, the plot of the movie is is just saying, but who's the real title of the movie? Uh. <laughs> you know, who's the real Sicario, or in this yeah. case, Hitman? Yeah. Who's the real enemy? Who's the real incendiary yeah. or prisoner? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, and so, that was kind of the promotion of the movie. It was like, is the U.S. really the bad guy in the drug war? Nobody wants to watch that movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people just have a hard time, I think, sitting through those kind of uh, movies like that. Like, it's in a way, it's almost like a Zero Dark Thirty kind of thing, too. Uh-huh. You know? Like, those kind of movies like that. I don't know. Just pe- people don't really go out of their way to watch something like that. Right. Though Zero Dark Thirty had Jessica Chastain to kind yeah. of draw people. And this movie had very good actors, but not people who draw in the audience. Right, right. But anyway, so those are our top five and uh, honorable mentions real quick. Mark. Honorable mention. Uh, one that I really debated going over, uh, putting on my list, it's uh, one that we saw together and it was probably my best <clears> film going <throat> experience mm-hmm. of the year. That was The Hateful Eight, Quentin Tarantino's latest movie. Mm-hmm. And as we referenced earlier, how you how you experience a movie affects your opinion on that movie. Yeah. And I there probably isn't a better experience than seeing you know a roadshow version of the hateful eight at the music box theater they really fun. that was in fun. 70 yeah. millimeter yeah, yeah with their brand new sound system it was a really great experience yeah i i dug that movie too it was definitely it's so you know like i mentioned i do a top 10 list so I'll, i guess i just go down the list and you know like i said number 10 was sicario for me mm. uh number nine was mission impossible rogue nation that movie was you know, I didn't think it, it can be as good as Ghost Protocol. It actually was a lot better than Ghost mm-hmm. Protocol, which is a big feat considering, 
you know, a lot of these uh, these franchise movies, for example, the Bond movies, uh, they tend to run out of steam. But this one is still gaining like so much. Like it's still the quality of these movies just keeps getting better, and the mm-hmm. stunts and everything just keep getting better. So I really dug that movie. Yeah, this was one when I saw it, I would have thought it was probably going to be in my top five. But I yeah. mean, that was another one that probably suffered from coming out earlier in the year. Yeah, you get like the glut of great movies towards the end of the year that kind of right. push it out. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was really great. Uh, I mean, obviously. Tom Cruise is awesome, uh, kicking ass and everything. But Rebecca Ferguson, she uh, was her kind of character, a breakout star, yeah. yeah, she was phenomenal in that movie too. So that's that was my number number nine. My number eight was also was The Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, this you that's know, like convenient, a, <laughs> right? I you know I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah, but, right. <laughs> whatever. No, but I really dug it too. We watched it both at the where did we watch it? Music Box. Yeah, yeah. Music box theater. And yeah, very beautiful movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, like I told you before too, it's for some reason, it just, I, I don't, I just, as the days have gone by, the weeks have gone by, I just don't love it as much as I did when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to just watch it again. Nevertheless, I think, I think, I think it's a good movie. Yeah, I want to see it again. I yeah. wish I would have seen the roadshow version of it again. Cause that, like I said, that was a great experience. The intermission yeah. was fantastic. Like yeah. every movie should have an intermission. <laughs> Yeah. To give you a chance in like a three-hour movie to like get up and use the washroom and talk to other people about the movie, refill yeah. your soda, and like settle in again. That was cool, yeah. That, that was I a really, really cool experience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know what? That was a movie like when I first saw it, I thought like this is the most self-indulgent film Tarantino has ever made. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting when I went to it. But I actually, I, I kind of feel like I've liked it more in retrospect, and I yeah. want to see it again because yeah. yeah, I think that's a movie that I'm gonna like more and more upon revisiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta check it out again. Uh, my number seven was uh, The Martian. The Martian, um, which is a really cool movie too. Like I, like we mentioned before, you know, big sci-fi movie fan. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, this is really cool too. Matt Damon obviously is like the main character in that. Uh, Jessica Chastain, um, but it, it was just so much fun to watch, and, and it's it was in a way it was kind of like a comedy too you know yeah. like, I mean it was nominated, and it was Boston, nominated as, a comedy, as a comedy which yeah. is kind of ridiculous but right. it, but it wasn't like I thought it was going to be heavier elements. right I thought it was going to be heavier you know uh-huh. considering what it's about it's a guy that gets stranded on Mars you know and is trying to find his way uh, trying to survive and trying to get back home right mm-hmm. so I thought it was going to be a super heavy movie but it, it really wasn't it was a little more lighthearted, uh-huh. which was which is what I really enjoyed about the movie. I have a familiarity with the source material. It's based on the book, uh, The Martian. Mm -hmm. So I I had a pretty good idea of what to expect when I went in. I didn't love it. I liked it. I I hope people go into the movie, really like it, and it gets them excited about NASA and the space program. (laughs) Uh, But personally, I just, I didn't love the film. It felt like a Cliff Notes version of the book. And I have never even read the book. Uh It's just, you move on from like, he'll, he'll, He'll encounter a problem and then immediately solve it. Counter a problem, immediately mm-hmm. solve it. And I always felt like, well, are you just like going through the motions because you have to like, you have to give him something to overcome mm-hmm. or like you didn't really explore it. And I, there's a point in the movie where I won't spoil anything, but like they kind of like jump forward in time. And I think like that, that time you jumped over would have been cinematically the most interesting part of the yeah. movie. Yeah, that but, makes sense. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't I, a perfect movie. It. For sure. it was like yeah. a yeah, it was an enjoyable film, and yeah. like I said, I hope people like go see it, really love it, and get excited. See, but I think that's what it's also, you know, it's kind of like it's it knows what it's trying to be, what that movie's trying to be, and it's uh-huh. like I mentioned, it's more light light-hearted type of movie. If it was, 
if it was trying to be deeper and more philosophical or whatever, uh-huh. uh, it could have definitely gone that, down that route where it's like they're showing him struggling so much during that long gap in between getting, right. you know, like, or whatever. Like, right, because it seems like that's when all the yeah. struggle happened. So, so uh, like, I think Whereas this to, film that's is, not what the yeah. movie is about, though. It's like know? a celebration of intelligence and problem solving. Yeah. And, right. and, and I, I, I get that, and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I would um, mention Creed, a movie you said you didn't yeah, see. Right. is fan fantastic mm-hmm. that it has some of the best directed fight scenes i've ever seen and and honestly a, a franchise that i had zero interest in ever returning to wow. really fantastic i mean michael b jordan is like yeah. one of the best young actors yeah, working today awesome. like yeah, we've been fans of him i think for a long gonna time be huge yeah but to see him like given a vehicle like this and just see him like carry the mantle so well yeah i that it has me excited for like the next movie in the rocky series which is yeah. something i never thought i would say and you know the thing too about about like Michael B. Jordan, you know, being in this movie too is that because I was really worried after Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four, <laughs> and how terribly reviewed that movie was, and how terrible it did in the box office. I was like, oh. shit, like that might hurt his career. Like this this guy who was on the rise with um, Fruitvale Station, and and you know a lot of giving just so many great performances in oh. movies. Like he was. Starting to become one of those guys that can be a potential Oscar nominated actor for like years to come, right? Mm. And then that happened, and I was like, "Shit!" Like my, I, this might be the end of Michael B. Jordan. But I think he came everything back that happened three. with that director on that project, I think yeah. people are just going to write off that movie and not yeah. hold it against like Kate Mara, who I also <laughs> like, yeah. and, and uh, who's the main character from Whiplash? I yeah. forget his name. Uh, but he, there were like a lot of good people involved. Yeah, in that there movie. were. There were. Yeah. In that horrible, horrible movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, like, just like short mention, Ant Man. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed that quite a lot. Yeah. Kind of losing my enthusiasm for these Marvel movies as they go along. It's yeah. uh, it's a little much. Yeah. We, a lot of them. It's funny. We haven't really. Yeah. We didn't. You know. We didn't talk about Avengers. Wait, Avengers: yeah. Age of Ultron was good, but it wasn't great or anything like that. And yeah, Ant Man was also good. You know, yeah. decent movie. But... One last movie I wanted to mention mm-hmm. uh, because I don't think I don't think we would think about it much is the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, man, I didn't even watch that one either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was genuinely shocked at how great that movie was. And yeah. you see it gets great reviews if you look at Rotten Tomatoes and look at what the critics have said. Yeah. It got really great reviews and I think most people slept on it because Melissa McCarthy has released like a, a series of really atrocious films. Oh, God. And the way the trailers looked and the commercials looked, this looked like it was just going to be another in that long line of horrible films she's done. Yeah. Uh, but no, it is really, really, really funny. Yeah. Um, and real quick too, just wanted to mention a couple other movies. Uh, Beasts of No Nation, mm-hmm. um, which is really oh, such an intense movie, and that was also just really good. Another performance that was by a young actor uh, that was just incredible as well. Uh, Tangerine, which is a really small movie. You've seen it? I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, yeah Tangerine really was really good. That's actually on Netflix. It's on right my now. list. Yeah. So you can definitely check that on Netflix. I highly encourage you to watch that too. Tig. Which is a documentary about Tig Notaro, the comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just a very emotionally impacting uh, uh, documentary, and and I love her so much. You know, like <laughs> she has such an amazing, powerful story, and so I strongly encourage people to check out Tig. Um, also, checked out Dope, um, which is another kind of smaller movie. Just uh, added to Netflix. Yeah, just yeah. added to Netflix. So as soon as I saw it was on there, I checked it out. So Dope was really cool movie. It wasn't great or anything like that, but uh, I really enjoyed, you know, spending time with those young, that young cast as well. And it's a little bit kind of silly at times, but it was it was a fun movie to watch. 
Um, and I think that's pretty much it. I guess we didn't talk about uh, Jurassic World, which was a huge movie this year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we checked that out, which is good too. Yeah, I was, was like, a, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. I yeah. enjoyed it a lot. But like looking back on the year, it mm-hmm. didn't stand out to me. Right. Although I, I had a, a great time watching that movie. Yeah. yeah so that kind of takes us to uh, the last thing I can think we're going to talk about today is: uh, Is there anything that you really had high hopes for, or, mm-hmm. or just something that really let you down? Yeah, I mean, like, the massive, gigantic letdown of the year for me was The Avengers, Age mm-hmm. of Ultron. Yeah. Uh, it, I didn't really enjoy it. I thought it was I thought it was okay when I first saw it, and then as we got further into the year, we saw Mad Max yeah. came out, and in retrospect, it's been on cable now a lot recently, yeah. I've, I've watched it a couple times, and it's just a, it's a bad movie. It's yeah. not a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. Uh, From was, Joss Whedon, who is someone we're both big fans of. Right, and and I think it's one of those movies that kind of suffered from the direction the franchise is going, you know, it's, it's trying to get to mm-hmm. in a hurry. And especially, it kind of reminds me of Iron Man 2 where, where you know, they had to fit so much information and so much, right. they had to set up so much for a future movie that right. it kind of It's less about off. the movie itself and more about yeah. the franchise yeah, of, exactly. the, so, of so the it's, Marvel Universe. Yeah, so it definitely suffers from that, like, Iron Man 2 syndrome thing or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, you know, like, so it could have been a lot better. I, I really strongly believe that because Joss Whedon is a really great director. Yeah. And, you know, what he was able to do with Avengers was amazing. And so I just, I have to believe that this is more of a studio's right. problem. I mean, he's been Joss kind Whedon's. of public, like he's mentioned specific scenes yeah. that were in the movie that he didn't want in the movie that the yeah. studio forced on him. There's a scene right. where... Thor goes into this pool and... and yeah, that was so weird. Right. Ah. He said he didn't want that at all, but the studio wanted it because it ties into where the franchise is going down the line. But, I mean, the things like he said like that were... I don't think that was the problem with the film. The entire yeah. film was riddled with problems. Yeah. From the idea of... Something that he fought for, the, the Ultron as the enemy of the film. Mm-hmm. In the context of the film, doesn't even make sense. That they're fighting these guys... Like the the it ends up in like a punching match with a bunch of robots mm-hmm. when they reference the fact that he could like go into the internet and then essentially be everywhere yeah. forever. Right. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing just doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, yeah, definitely my most uh, disappointing movie of the year as well. Yeah. So. Um. Well, I think we're we're gonna try to talk about the Oscars a little bit, but uh, I think we should. Save that for another time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah, just want to, don't want to run too long or anything like that. So, there you go. Those are our top five movies, our honorable mentions, and disappointing movie of 2015. So, if you guys have any thoughts at all about the movies that we mentioned here, or if you want to share your own top five, definitely email us podcast at somecinema.com. We will gladly read your emails on on our next episode, which uh, shouldn't be too far off. Yeah. Right. So, hopefully, we, what we want to do is we're going to try to do an Oscar wager again. And uh, so we'll talk about more more about that in the next episode, which will probably be me paying up on my loss for the Oscar wager, like usual. Yeah. But we'll worry about that when the time comes. Yeah. You'll <laughs> um, get around to paying for the last few years. Right. I, I keep losing these things. Maybe this is my year. I don't know. Maybe you know Mike will have to. That's watch true. A really I have, don't movie. have quite a sense. Yeah, as I have you. Good, good. So that's good to have that going for me this year. But anyways, (laughs) uh, so definitely look forward to that, guys. And uh, if, like I mentioned, if you can find all of our episodes at somecinema.com, you can find me at the Lopez23 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find some of my other projects, uh, My Yellow Sun, 
uh, about Chicago storytelling. It's a video, it's an audio and visual storytelling project. When we, you know, we talk to people from all over the city in Chicago, you can find that at myyellowsun.com and also the Few Brews podcast about craft beer and you can find that at fewbrewsbeerclub.com and Mike how can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Gonzalez M-I-K-E-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z you didn't mess it up that time I, I know I'm getting the hang of it I've only had it for like seven years <laughs> yeah alright guys thank you guys thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you later